Chemist Confessions podcast. Consistency! Woo! <laughs> we were just a couple days late on the previous episode, but we got you this time. Um, yeah, so welcome back to the podcast. This is a very human conversation mm-hmm. about all the skincare science we share um, over a few drinks. Yes, yeah, so what are we drinking today, Victoria? Well, today it's raining. Yes, very uh, sad. So we're into hot drinks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have my second cup of coffee uh, with some whiskey. So we're doing Irish Irish coffee today. Nice. I have I have tea mm-hmm. with some lemonade. Oh, hit me. And two shots of tequila. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. I don't know. I feel like the go-to liquor defines a person. Oh, I think I might work better than horoscopes. <laughs> Alright, cool. So today is episode 19. Uh, what the hell are we talking about today, Gloria? Today, I'm gonna be mute. It's the Victoria Show. Because, <laughs> because today is all about acne. Yeah, uh, this is way overdue. Yeah. I think um, we always are a little bit lazy to get into acne just because there is always, it's always a can of worms and very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to keep it straightforward, simple, really do it. Uh, make sure it's a lot more product oriented um just to make it all simplified <laughs> so why we just talking about having no product references you know, like, it's about products today. <laughs> right. so yeah so um for those of you new to our podcast mm-hmm. um again like victoria said it's an open conversation about all things skincare mm-hmm. even though we have a main topic which is acne this week we go over news around skincare we also share funny animal facts and we always uh, we try to answer some questions you guys may have at the end yeah so uh let's get started with some just general brand updates yeah so finally by the time that this book uh, this episode has been published um the book is actually available oh my god it's been it's such real a it's no longer pre-order um you can amazon prime it to yourself in two days you know so um yeah have to put it out there that finally this whole launch pre-launch is over yeah 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 it's super exciting it's been a long time in the making for us um if you get the book be sure to go to our website we have a page dedicated to the book um you can send us a sign up through a email and let us know you've bought the book and we will send you some book um book only content yeah uh and just as a sneak preak sneak preak Jesus, sneak preview. Rough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just as a sneak preview, um, the type of content or enhanced content you'll get is actually product examples um, that um, kind of follow the same routines that we built out in the book. So you have examples of like how you can build up your routine, what to fine tune, um, why we don't have specific products in the book is because Mm -hmm. we just didn't really want to deal with the red tape to be honest and having to work with all these brands um it was just going to be a lot more straightforward to be able to write the educational content the way we wanted 
and then come out with examples after. Right. And um, these are just examples. Um, we're not endorsed by any of the brands. So this mm -hmm. is really just our take, our opinion. And hopefully it will kind of guide you guys and help you guys along the routine building journey. Yeah. And I think the other thing we want to mention is those examples are not like law. It's right. not us saying that these are the best and there's nothing else that fits. Um, they're just really good examples of what you can look for while you're shopping. Um, but yeah, so that's it for the brand update. That's yeah. it for the book. Um, but yeah, uh, this this episode is also really chunky, so we're kind of blitzed through some of these um, typical topics. Um, first thing is the news. In the news this week, yeah, what do you have. Uh, so I think we have to talk about the ordinary. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you've all heard it by now, but the ordinary has finally been acquired by Estee Lauder. I think everyone saw that coming. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Estee Lauder was one of the earlier investors in Ordinary. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure this was a logic, logical progression right. anyway. So, how's that? Yeah, uh, valued at $2.2 billion. Damn. Yeah, that's <laughs> some good money. Uh, second piece of news, Augustina Bader. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of the mystery it's, i feel like it's like the lemaire 2.0 but mm -hmm. hopefully not as hokey from what we're hearing um they just did uh almost like a reform or a gen 2 of their rich cream gloria doesn't know about this but i'm going to share her what their direction was um their okay. strategy is to make it all vegan mm -hmm. they make took out meat. no so they axed their beeswax mm -hmm. they axe lactic acid mm -hmm. because it's fermented milk and <laughs> uh, for the listeners not watching the YouTube video, Gore made a face. And finally, they axed their lanolin. To replace with what? Ah, so, so instead, good question, um, they are replacing these with hyaluronic acid. <laughs> Gloria's frowning. And um, an exotic plant oil called the London Rocket for their, I believe, anti-inflammatory. <laughs> I know. London Rocket sounds not like someone's good... porno name. <laughs> yeah, not a good name. I'm the London Rocket. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's their Gen 2. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so first of all, for those of you listening, if you guys are a fan of the Augustine's cream, like, good on, like, we're not, I'm not, trying to talk mm. proper about We're not the speaking brand. about their proprietary molecule, their peptides and whatnot. No. Right. But just so you know, hyaluronic acid and lactic acid are not any not a one to one replacement. It's not a replacement at all. The two molecules function completely different ways. While they're um, both hydrating, lactic acid has chemical exfoliation benefits. Hyaluronic acid does not. Mm. Um, hyaluronic acid is a large molecular weight hydrator. Mm -hmm. Lactic acid is a small molecule. It's it's replacing pineapples with durian you know it doesn't really <laughs> go and it doesn't seem like they are replacing it doesn't sound like they're replacing any of their heavier occlusive products no. like lanola and beeswax so yeah. by replacing those um by taking out those occlusives i would i will wager that these new creams probably not as good as those uh, with dry skin yeah i think for me uh, i was i my prediction was lanolin was really gonna get gloria um because <laughs> they they do have um some of their other support ingredients is like panthenol and shea butter so like you know they do still have some of those like more heavier occlusive mm -hmm. materials but Lanolin is such, it's actually a really, really great. It occlusive. does really well, yeah. Yeah, it's quite unfortunate um, that 
yeah, we understand the vegan initiative, um, mm-hmm. but uh, as there is ways to um, responsibly source lanolin in a way that I think, um, I don't know. I just think it's such a great uh, yeah. ingredient for skincare. I, uh, yeah, lanolin is really great. Um, I will say it is a complicated subject, yeah. so I can understand why people might want to avoid that ingredient altogether, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't seem like it's been properly replaced in this scenario and it's a difficult topic and in fact a little industry insider is a lot of a big subject every time we go to a trade show about ingredients is xyz replacements mm-hmm. you know uh, if That's someone throws yeah. silicones under the bus then what can we use to replace silicones and if um people want to avoid make vegan claims what can we use to replace ingredients like beeswax and lanolin ceramides yeah cholesterol and stuff like that and it's a big topic and honestly it's difficult um some of these ingredients are gold standards in their own right for a good reason yeah um like victoria mentioned there's responsible sourcing for lanolin but i guess it gets really complicated it does um just kind of like responsible palm oil industry Mm -hmm. that symbol is a big can of worms that i shall not open here but it's yes, com- please don't. Yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> this is not a four-hour podcast episode. Maybe the next episode oh, 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 oh. we can talk about sustainability and environmental issues. You heard it from here, folks. I next might, episode, I might, might be like, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good topic, but pretty difficult to talk yeah. about. Yeah, and also there there is a small subset that are allergic to lanolin, yes. so there's that too. Um, but yeah, again. I think the biggest takeaway, and Gloria put it best, it is not a one-to-one replacement. So Apples to durian. <laughs> durian is delicious. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And then finally, uh, really quick um, take that we have to mention is continuing our celebrity launch series. There is another launch. Um, this one is a hair care line in Target by Priyanka Chopra. Huh. You know, I can totally, I can see it because... My roommate and I used to watch Quantico. It was what? our like garbage TV. She's like, also kinda. so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. In mm-hmm. that in that uh, show, a hundred percent watch it for Priyanka Chopra's hotness. Yeah. Um. So I can see why like why she would do a hairline because mm-hmm. her hair is like dense, glossy, beautiful, beautiful, healthy, strong. Yeah, for sure. And the I will say I do like their stance. Um, it's when you go to Target, you'll see they're in these kind of like. They look like they're in naked juice bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, $6 for shampoo. Um, 11 very ounces. very reasonably priced. Exactly, shampoo. yeah. I think that's the kind of cool thing that I like is reasonably priced. Um, $6 for 11, 11 ounce bottle. Um, and just to give you some perspective, a classic Pantene bottle will go $5 for 12.6 ounces. So honestly, the discrepancy for being like, a, I guess, a more high-end brand not that bad yeah. right right um and i just want to add again that victoria and i specialize in skincare hair care is an area that we'll know a lot about definitely check out our blog with our friend um valerie she yeah. um she was kind enough to guest post for us mm-hmm. and answer some of your hair care questions if you want her back to do a part two let us know and let her know too yeah we'll, we'll try to book some time in with her <laughs> all right um, so that's really quickly the news. And for today, we're spending a lot of time trying to give you an acne update. Ooh, acne! 
Yeah. Uh, says no one ever. <laughs> right. So I think before we get into it, we obviously have to do a quick little asterisk reminder. Um, we are not doctors, right, Gloria? We're chemists. I know of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, we can tell you a lot about, you know, good formulas, the ingredients, how they've performed based mm-hmm. on their track record, data, whatnot. Um, what we won't speak on is skin conditions, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so there is a part of this where we would say, you know, mild to moderate we're comfortable speaking on just because you know a lot of these otc topicals are specifically geared for those scenarios when it becomes cystic when it becomes deep inflammatory redness pain or just very severe breakouts this is where you need the help of a derm and we strongly believe you should be getting your information from them and not us please and please don't come to us before we jump into all that there's three major category of ingredients you should keep in mind yeah. um so just whatever cosmetic ingredients mm-hmm. these are non-regulated ingredients that have tested benefits on acne but isn't like validated or fda approved mm-hmm. otc ingredients are your salicylic acid your benzoyl peroxide adapalene these are comes with that label that you will also find on sunscreen right these are validated by spa uh, with certain percentages um so you know it will work they're mild but effective um acne treatment mild is a very relative term here and then last like victoria mentioned it's prescription and that is definitely the germs realm yeah and those are things like tretinoin you're talking about your antibiotics you're talking about even like spironolactone Mm -hmm. you know oral um, medication as well Um, they're tailored um, they are potent and that's why you know it's best to if you are on those topicals it's best to work with your derm and not us because they know all your medical history right much more important all right cool Part one. So part one. The journey of an acting and the birth of one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to do a quick recap on where the acne research is in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Um, There's four reasons. One is you've got a sebaceous gland on crack. That's overproducing sebum. Usually this is because there's an influx of hormones, the hormone androgens. Um, That's why during puberty you hear about acne breakouts. Um, That's really where all of the madness and the problems are forming. Um, You've also got to deal with inflammation that is caused from, you know, a very angry sebaceous gland. Um, You've got, and then finally, the bacteria, um, mm. now known as C acnes, not P acnes anymore. Um, yeah, so P acnes, yeah. uh, P acnes is used to be, well, I think people still associate P acnes as the yes. acne causing bacteria. Yes, um, C acnes is definitely relatively new. Yeah, and this distinction comes from scientists realizing that P acnes is a little bit too generic, so they further segment it and mm-hmm. um, pull out the definitely the more acne causing one and that is your c acnes now yeah and so i oh, think oh sorry it. yeah c stands for cutie bacteria yeah i think it's adorable yeah you don't think it's adorable <laughs> <laughs> right so um definitely want to mention that there's probably one myth or i wouldn't say a myth but one of the old um uh goals with acne research was 
killing off these bacteria. All of them. Uh, yeah. Blast and them. <laughs> I can't confirm because I was one of those people in the labs researching to treat and basically eliminate these bacteria. Um, and I think that also goes back to, you know, when all of us acne users out there used to just scrub, want to like scrub our face off and be like squeaky clean. It's the mm. thought that, oh my God, this bacteria overgrowth, my face is really dirty. Um, but can confirm that's actually now not the case. They're realizing that, you know, this overgrowth of bacteria um, is actually more of a, it's more of a secondary effect that's caused by this excess sebum, it's mm -hmm. not really the problem, you know, it's not the main goal here. So um, for those of you that still feel like, you know, your face is really, really dirty, you gotta wash it off four times over, um, I'm gonna tell you right now, that is so the 90s, we are moving, you know, a lot of skincare is moving past that now, um, and, and I think that's a great. Yeah, and that, um, that really, because when you're blasting your face yeah. and trying to clear up all the bad bacteria, it doesn't differentiate between the good bacteria. Yes. And that's where a lot of the problem resides. And it might put you in a bad cycle where your whole microbiome balance is thrown off mm -hmm. and you already have acneic skin and mm -hmm. now there's nothing to keep the inflammation cycle in check and just goes in bad <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Yeah, no, bad. absolutely right. Like when we talk about being really hesitant about skin microbiome research, mm -hmm. um, it is really complex. It's hard to understand. Just within the cutie bacteria alone, they've used. <laughs> I know they've got you know they've got all different types. They've classified them out. They're starting to understand which are the ones that are more problematic. Um, where you know. As they eat, what happens is these bacteria, they eat the sebum, they excrete these, you they know, molecules. Sebum. Exactly. And with that, it causes the inflammation, the irritation, and therefore, you know, just kind of making a very unhappy sebaceous gland in general and hair follicle. Um, so what was I going to say? I did want to say, like, I think this is where microbiome research is really going to make mm -hmm. a big impact is mm -hmm. acne first and then we'll start getting into like healthy skin and anti-aging and whatnot huh. would you say gloria yeah and i will say that that is one of the newer areas we're very excited about yeah. um a lot of current products that target microbiome i, I would say some of them is a little premature or mm -hmm. they're not they're claiming microbiome but I'm a little skeptical of the research. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it's right to be skeptical. Some of it, some people are just running with the hot keyword without actually doing their homework. Right. But the research behind it, especially, I won't say like, at least the last time I did a deep dive into microbiome research, um, all the causation kind of factor is there, right? They're able to show yeah. stuff like, oh, everyone's microbiome is unique. Mm -hmm. uh, imbalance does this and mm -hmm. that. And, all these things seem to correlate, mm -hmm. but the solution part is still relatively early. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. Um, also, uh, definitely wanted to, point, uh, I guess, put out a little fun fact. Um, there's even people looking into acne vaccines, which are, I, well, I think, find that really funky. Cool. No, funky concept yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i appreciate these people putting you know putting in a lot of effort mm -hmm. a lot of capital and time um because i think that back in the day acne was so taboo um 
people still feel really embarrassed and they, you know, it does have some psychological detriment, you know, makes you a little insecure. And I think that it's kind of cool that they are realizing that, you know, it is an important um, skin condition that does need, you know, this kind of help. Wait, so what does the vaccine target? Yeah, so good idea. It's a good good question. It doesn't it doesn't eliminate your bacteria cuz mm-hmm. obviously these bacteria are all good. Cutie bacteria is actually good oh, and normal. <laughs> You're right cuz they're cuties. <laughs> Very important. Um it's just acne does stem from an imbalance in the diversity and profile of your flora or your the diversity of your bacteria. So, um what it does is it actually wants to target these um cutie bacteria that are excreting these not so nice um molecules that are causing inflammation and preventing inflammatory poop it's more like (laughs) um i would think of it as like uh prevent like input like giving these cutie bacteria uh constipation something like that yeah so they're looking into ways to preventing those kinds of molecules um, from preventing them secreting those kinds of molecules and um, yeah so hopefully that gives you an idea of where they're headed where their mind's at what they're targeting um, but all very early obviously so anyways um, another thing that um, actually has been researched um, I wouldn't say pretty well but pretty extensively is um, how does diet factor into acne um, I feel like that's um growing up there's you hear a lot of hearsay yes. on that right like oh you can't eat chocolate mm-hmm. uh i think in Asian chocolate culture, was a big one yeah. yeah i think i was always told i, I didn't really have ac- a lot of acne growing up but Blessed. i was <laughs> sorry i always hear people say stuff like oh you can't eat fried food mm-hmm. you know like greasy food leads to acne yeah. and things like that exactly so is there any merit to that um there's actually been people that have tried to look at that data. Um, they do see, I, I will say, with any diet study, um, you want to kind of take it with maybe like half a grain of salt. Not full grain of salt, but half a grain <laughs> of salt. Um, just because, you know, these studies, they cast a very, very wide net. Um, and the conditions are not as, I would say, astringent. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at these subjects as like, you know, your average skincare clinical. Um, so... For milk, they do see a correlation that, you know, um, diets with higher amounts of milk and dairy does cause more acne lesions. So that's that's one scenario. Um, a high glycemic load. Mm-hmm. Actually, glycemic load is, seems to correlate to everything. Yeah. Like, it does seem very impactful on your overall health. Mm-hmm. I just had sweet potatoes this morning <laughs> instead of my usual white bread and white rice. So good on me. Yeah, so uh, Gloria will report back after two weeks of eating just sweet potatoes how uh, her skin is doing. <laughs> my skin is doing great to mental health, not so, so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, omega-3s, um, linoleic acid, things that are high in these like fatty acids um, has hinted at being helpful, but I don't think there's a clear, you know, there's a clear correlation there. Um, also, probiotics is mm-hmm. something that's being looked at, but it's way too early. Also, no one even knows which specific probiotics are really should be in these blends. So, right. um, yeah, I would say that's, we're just going to wait and see. And then finally, they, they definitely concluded that vegan, vegetarian diets, there's absolutely no correlation. 
steak is a go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like. I feel like these diet studies, I so appreciate the people who do yeah. them because it's super difficult to. Yeah. If you think about it, how do you control? How long is the study gonna be, mm-hmm. right? Because usual topical skincare studies, eight weeks to twelve weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but diet studies, how do you restrict them on other things they eat, right? Exactly. Like, can you basically all your test subjects should eat roughly the same thing? But right. how do you really monitor that? Right. How long does it have to? Does the study have to last? I remember I saw one. I think it was on chocolate, mm-hmm. and they spent. I don't even know how much money they ended up spending, but it was something like two hundred plus people. Like a one group eats however much chocolate a day. One group eats milk chocolate. One mm-hmm. group eats no chocolate. And then after all that work, it came back to be like. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just it didn't really amount to anything. I mean, I think that's like the issue with diet studies. Yeah. It's just like every person. There's way too many factors involved. Um, not just lifestyle, but your genes play a really big impact. Right. Um, so again, grain half grain of salt, you know. Yeah, but I will say, which is why I think like glycemic. There's something with like glycemic load in your diet Agreed. because time and time again, it's been done for like losing weight like acne even skin health non-acne related skin health and it's correlated like time and time again mm-hmm. so yeah eat your sweet potatoes I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um agreed all right cool so that hopefully gives you a very 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 general but quick snapshot of you know the kind of consensus on what is a target for acne research and you know how that's changing uh, from our time my time back in my day back so <laughs> yeah the saint, saint ives day yeah oh yeah saint ives neutrogena oh, oh. I, always, I always feel like those uh the neutrogena grapefruit scrubbies and yeah. saint ives apricot scrub is a age-revealing reference also the neutrogena there is a green there's a green bottle yes. and they have that whole line i forget it was with cucumber or something but anyways that that was also kind of I, like classic that go-to. thing was so classic i didn't have acne i used it because I, you're I, like everyone else is using yeah, it that's what the cool kids are using yeah ah uh, and also can we just talk about how bad your high school routine was now that like there's so much information out there now i think about it's just Gore and I talk about time and time again how horrific our routines were back then. Oh my, I had no routine throughout high school. I don't even remember. I was like, my face is so dry. I never thought about using lotion. <laughs> <laughs> never used sunscreen. I lived in, I grew up in Georgia. Yeah. In sunny, sunny Georgia, I wore no lotion. I was like eight shades darker than I am now, mm, but also yeah. fat. But <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? There's a lot to unpack. I was a chubby, very tan kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, same. Like, I mean, I had really bad acne, so all I did was just try to dry it out as quickly as possible because I just wanted the lesion to go away. I didn't mm. care if it was like, you know, like potentially nuke the face. Could, yeah, approach. nuke the face method. I didn't care if it was gonna scar. I just wanted the red blemish, the swelling to like be gone. Mm. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so we're here today to tell you that you don't have to do that, <laughs> and you yeah. shouldn't do that. Um, so yeah. let's jump into product space. Yeah, product yeah. space. Um, and I think the thing with um, acne is know that this is really about finding your cocktail mm-hmm. of ingredients. Um, there is no single ingredient out there that is going to clear all your acne. 
Um, if there was, then um, that person is probably owns a country because it's just not possible. Just um, like the person that's going to discover hair care, hair growth. Oh, cure. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Along with that guy. Yep. Yeah. So, um, all right. So knowing that, um, we're going to talk about the different product mm-hmm. categories and how you can think about it. And first things first is the acne wash. Oh, excuse me. Classic. Yeah. So acne wash. It, we actually, oftentimes you'll hear us say, cleansers are just to cleanse Mm -hmm. you don't want actives in Mm -hmm. your cleanser yeah um but we typically say for this this is actually not the case it's actually a great step to get in some of your ahas bhas um without adding another layer to your routine yeah i think by far the most common acne wash uses salicylic acid Mm -hmm. um and if you're if you have mild acne and you're in or if you're in that maintenance mode Mm -hmm. then it's a great way to get some cell acid in there you could also have ahas like glycolic acid here fun fact cell acid is considered to be otc Mm -hmm. and ahas are not yeah so it's kind of a free-for-all and you don't really know how much um, glycolic acid is in your wash that's a great point which is why um i don't love aha washes because oh okay yeah because either they use a lot and you're like and you double up with serums yeah and then you over exfoliate or (laughs) they or they don't use any (laughs) you know So so it's hard to balance and find to figure out if it works or not that's a really good point actually and the reason why we think this is a good step is because you know you'll see we we go through other actives and just layering those with these bhas ahas it can be a lot for the skin Mm -hmm. um but when you're treating acne you really want to try to get the benefits of all and this is actually a more i want to say a more gentle way of introducing some of these exfoliants um and because it's just a quick wash off, it's not a leave on. Um, and so with AHAs, um, I would say, I yeah, definitely that's a great point. If you can find something with a percentage that sits, any, especially with glycolic, anywhere between 5 and 10%, if you can find a cleanser that shares that kind of transparency, then that saves you a lot of headache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so that's that's that for washes. Next thing, um, we first will do uh, support topicals. So these are not your heavy hitters. These are great to have as like secondary actives too. Yeah, here. these are non-OTC ingredients. Mm-hmm. So that means, uh, especially if you're targeting acne, yeah. look for ones with transparent percentages because with skin concerns like acne, um, you really need the right level. Right. Um, and so we would say definitely consider things like azelaic acid. Mm-hmm. Um, you might ask why is azelaic acid considered support and not a true active fi- acne fighter? Um, that's because you actually won't get the percentage you need mm-hmm. um, from azelaic acid formulas out there. Um, typical, the data shows that 20% is really as really the bench for um, effective acne fighting benefits, but you know, right now you'll probably only see you only get 10%. So we consider this more as like a buffer to your other actives. You can use it twice a day. Mm-hmm. And what's really great is acetic acid also has a lot of data on hyperpigmentation, yeah. which means when you're when your acne is starting to slow down, you're getting to a better place, but you might have some residual pigmentation yeah exactly it's really great for maintenance and treating that pigmentation yeah and the other one that you might have heard us heard us mention in previous episodes is sodium ascorbyl phosphate so this is relatively new kit on the block there's a couple that i will say there's not a lot of data but there is some data showing that it does pretty well for um 
acneic skin types and um, you and it's been tested at even as low as five percent so um, those are actually some two I would say two great ones to add in um, mm -hmm. without really impacting the rest of your other acne topicals yep um, all right and then the main acne fighters these uh, are your OTC ingredients yeah OTC uh, I think the Longest historical acne fires, benzoyl peroxide. You're a pillow bleacher. Yeah. Do you hate the color of pillow? Do you want the camo look? <laughs> look no further. Right. Camo, awkward pinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think for me, uh, I want to mention that a lot of times when you hear BPO, you expect to get 10%, and the higher the better. But BPO is actually quite irritating as well. Um, and I mean, there are papers out there that even as five at five percent, you can see um, you can see skin benefits. So um, don't feel obligated to get the highest percentage here. Try a lower five percent, even two point five percent if you can find it. But um, but we will say agreed. The data behind it is definitely substantiates it as a good uh, acne fighter. Question. Yeah. So, would you say it's more fruitful if someone, say, uses a salicylic acid acne wash? Mm -hmm. They can maybe pair with a BPO topical yeah. rather than... Because I think a lot of people, they stick to the same um, ingredient family. Yeah. So then they will use a cell acid face wash and then a cell acid topical mm -hmm. and then a cell acid cream. And it just yeah. it overloads in one direction yeah. and irritates but doesn't solve all the problems. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And uh, agreed. Yeah, so... Definitely, I would not stack like five different salicylic acids. Um, mm. That's not that's not the way to eliminate acne. Um, so definitely, I agree. Go with the topical and topical BPO with the salicylic acid wash. Um, definitely more effective. Cast a wider net with your actives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this is the wider net, but it is. <laughs> oh god! All right. Um, and then a new kid on the block, relatively new kid that we keep touting, Adapalene. Yeah, so Adapalene, 0.1%. Uh, I think now you'll find it in multiple brands. It's not just in Proactive. There's and different. And different. There's La Roche-Posay as well. Um, synthetic retinoid um, has been shown at 0.3%, not 0.1%, um, to be um, as effective as a lower dose tretinoin without all those unwanted um side effects you know with the dryness and irritation yeah exactly mm -hmm. um the other cool thing is that there has been a study where they actually tested 0.1 percent adapling with 2.5 percent bpo and found those results to be better um so synergistic effect exactly <laughs> gloria what is the synergistic effect well like glovar victoria it's a <laughs> one plus one greater than two type of situation <laughs> <laughs> right we laugh but it's the only cheesy way we can explain this <laughs> and, and i feel like recently we've been trying to i think when we start chemist confessions we spend a lot of time talking about oh glycolic is a great ingredient vitamin c is a great ingredient and now we're getting into when people are like leveling up their knowledge and we're talking about cocktail effects and i can't i can't remember the number of times just in the past month i've been why? Synergistic effect is one plus one greater than two whole. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, 
Okay, so why we keep saying that is because, you know, the, it's the idea of that the sum of these ink molecules bring out way more benefit mm -hmm. than just individual, these ingredients individually or stacking them, you know, as such. Hopefully that. Another kind of, oh, I should also mention, you might be wondering, what about retinol? Um, <laughs> funny enough, there is not a lot of data on retinol alone fighting acne. Um, this could be because tretinoin was the gold standard and therefore no one puts their money behind retinol. Whatever, clinicals, soft wrinkles, cool, 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 good enough. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but there is a cool study also showing the combo of 0.2% retinol and 5% sodium ascorbyl phosphate actually showing, um, being very helpful for fighting acne. Yeah, and I just want to add that these two, because they're not OTC mm -hmm. ingredients, again, definitely look for the cosmetic ingredients means they're not obligated to tell you how much they're using. So these, uh, if you're treating acne, um, because this is a study that shows uh, this is a percentage where it works, so definitely choose a product that hits that level. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Those are generally oh. what's available. Sorry, one more point. Uh, we also get questions about adapling oh. as an anti-ager because mm. it's a synthetic retinoid. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah, yeah uh, data is not, I'm, I'm, I think it might do something, but the reality is because it's such a known acne fighter, same story, not a lot of money has been put behind it for other skin concerns like aging. So totally agree. if your main main point is anti-aging, then dappling is probably not the right retinoid. There's definitely hints. Yeah. I think kind of the reason why when people hear like, oh, it's a retinoid, therefore it should perform the same way. Mm -hmm. um, but again, if it's not validated, you can't, can't say that. Um, <laughs> but um, with some of these acne clinicals they're running, they're seeing that you know, that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation is improving at a better rate. And so it hints. Hints. hints <laughs> maybe. Hints. <laughs> but we're not going to say it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah, so that hopefully gives you an idea of, you know, certain actives to look for in acne. We do want to mention there's a couple steps that we think are often forgotten in an acne routine that we want to really emphasize. Do and it. Yeah, exactly. Want you to put it back into your routine. So first things first, Gloria. What do people forget about? Soup. <laughs> I just. <laughs> but yes, people tend to forget that inflammation is a root of empty. I think her cup is empty. but inflammation is a root of all skin evils but it, truthfully i, I it, don't it, think it's that much of a hyperbole actually yeah uh, inflammation is very present i think the problem that i have with it is while i think everyone acknowledges that inflammation irritation is a big concern that leads to a cascade of unwanted mm -hmm. anything right mm -hmm. like acne um fine lines and wrinkles and whatnot and compromised skin barrier um, but the problem that at least I definitely have with inflammation is it's everything is claimed as a soother. Everything <sighs> is anti-inflammaging, anti, uh, yeah. So yeah. this is going down a very dark rabbit hole. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the reason why it's problematic 
tinfoil hat is because well it's not even tinfoil i keep forgetting you built a tinfoil hat i know i know we need ours but it's because the fda does not allow the kind of verbiage as anti-inflammatory yeah and therefore there's no reason to test as an anti-inflammatory. So brands have to do a little like dance around the term anti-inflammation. And the shoop. It, uh, it's so soothing. It calms, calms your soul. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, yeah, if you ever wonder why you don't hear about it as an anti-inflammatory, but read about it separately as an anti-inflammatory, that's why. It's a good point. And that kind of makes our jobs a little harder because yeah. we want to preach... I think a long time ago, I attempted and did put together an article on botanicals with um, actual proven benefit. Can confirm. It was the most terrible dark rabbit hole I had to go down because the data is sparse and it's over the place. And it's not what people think works. Exactly. Um, so anyway, rant over. It's a difficult category to talk about, but it's incredibly important for anyone, not just people with acne and skin, to have opponent soothing active um in your skincare yeah and so we'll just run through a couple anti-inflammatory soothing ingredients that we like um colloidal oatmeal um alantoin panthenol panthenol is wonderful um actually linoleic acid it Mm -hmm. has been um is kind of a touted specifically for acne but just really good um uh skin soother all around and then yeah quick aside I think linoleic acid and linoleic acid, I think there's um, there's some studies that people try to paint at an angle of, oh, like uh, people who are prone to acne actually lack these components. So there's a theory that um, by using it topically, that's kind of how it works. That's not proven at all, even Mm -hmm. though there's a few studies that kind of pointed to that direction. But even without these, this type of theory, um, linoleic acid is great all around. Pure. Not like rosehip seed oil, linoleic rich oil. But that's I love the rosehip oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's not how that works. So, um, yeah. And then um, you guys might hear witch hazel is a very, like... Really popular in acne products. Yeah. To the point that a whole witch hazel line got acquired just because l'oreal we, we would know this they have a lot they have deep pockets man you can buy <laughs> stupid things <laughs> but yeah so i mean i would say witch hazel is probably one of the ones that i feel like lacks a lot of data as um being a skin soother but um can based on the molecules in a witch hazel although very dependent on the ingredient sourcing um can be helpful as well i think witch hazel to me is one of those that it doesn't hurt but if, don't expect miracles yeah exactly because it's <clears throat> it's got a long history <clears throat> it's got, it's got great anecdotal evidence this evidence is a strong word but it's got a long history of use so if nothing else it's safe it's yeah. vanilla and if you use it and you feel like it works for you great by all means keep going but let's but if you're new to the witch hazel world let's just say if you go to google scholar and search for it 99 percent of the references will basically say uh People it's have a, a botanical. history of using it. We yeah. don't know what it does, yeah. but it's there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, same thing as sulfur. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, anyways, but bottom line. Actually, sorry, I need to ask your opinion about sulfur because I think sulfur tried to have a revival a few years okay. ago. 
and I just feel like it's a very antiquated type of formula. But I I don't use a lot of acne treatment, so I don't really know. So I want to hear your take on sulfur. If I would use it, yeah. Do you like no. it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the end. That was fun. <laughs> no, I I don't think there's a lot of validity, and also sulfur formulas. Um, Let's just say sourcing sulfur isn't very fun. Also, mm. it stinks. Um, and so I don't think, you know, I know the Mario Badescu is probably the most famous for its, <laughs> the sulfur dot, um, uh, bottle. Um, I would say if that is currently in your acne routine and you're happy about it, don't listen to me. me. Yeah, <laughs> you can turn this off. But if you are feeling like the trend, the trendy train is very strong, the results seem good, um, I wouldn't say it's the most necessary topical to have in your routine, um, especially over these other ingredients that we went through. The second thing that is also very underrated is a moisturizer. Um, I know it sounds really strange, but I think that for people who have acne, they don't like to put a lot of things on their face or anything, um, right? yeah unless it's the treatment i know it feels like putting moisturizer may cause acne my my fiance has is acne pro i have to chase after him with mr reliable because he's like i can see like flakes on his skin he's so dry and he's getting ashy but he said no not moisturizer not acne yeah yeah and for guys too the yeah. generally skewed oily skin um they don't like to be shiny so all they totally get the fear because <laughs> they don't like to be chased after with a moisturizer <laughs> I know what I mean. <laughs> but, but it's good for him yeah so it's it's actually really important um it's important to make sure skin stays healthy stays balanced and moisturized um because unhappy skin only further aggregates at aggravates did i say aggregates aggravates <laughs> uh dry start, skin <laughs> quick aside i still remember that one review that we got that's like these girls don't enunciate. <laughs> no, I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying. <laughs> practice, practice. But yeah, so dry skin, irritated skin only aggravates your acne situation. So if you can, find a simple, light moisturizer just to make sure skin stays healthy. Question. Yes. How do you feel about, how do you personally feel about silicone-based, like, moisturizers? Oh, I, I do like them. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, I know there's a fear um, that silicones trap bacteria similar to petrolatum, but um, I actually think that uh, in terms of, I, I would consider that clean. Mm -hmm. Hot take, people are freaking out because they think that that's not good. Yeah. But... I would say that, you know, these are silicones are light in texture. Mm -hmm. They make the formula lighter. They can even mattify. Um, so all of these properties make it more, uh, Derms like to call it patient compliant. So mm -hmm. the user will be more inclined to use moisturizer. And I think that that's why it's yeah. good. And it's hydrating. So Yeah, and I think um, I've read stories of people who who swear by going silicone free if yeah. that's your experience then then yeah by all means listen to your skin but if you're new to skincare or even if you're you, you just read a blog post about the evils of dimethicone or something but then you real you go through your skincare routine and you realize you have dimethicone already in your skincare mm. that there's a high chance it's everywhere yeah um don't freak out you don't need to switch and run to 
the nearest door and start all over the, the hunt all over again. Yeah. Um, it is an incredibly vanilla ingredient that's very helpful. I have a tinfoil hat theory. Tinfoil hat! All right, tinfoil hat theory is that silicone formulas, mm-hmm. the reason why they got the bad rap they did, was because people made such crappy silicone formulas. Actually, it's true. So, <laughs> I will never forget the first day I went into lab uh, in my mm-hmm. internship. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I kind of, uh, I've used silicone-containing products, but the first time I felt like silicone meat mm-hmm. on my hand, I was like, ugh. Yeah. It's a very signature texture yeah. to it. Very slippery. And doesn't stop slipping. <laughs> yeah. And also, you can't, doesn't really wash off very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that back in the day, I don't think the average silicone emulsion was that good. I think yeah. that people just were very impressed with, oh, silicone texture, very different. Like, oh, yeah. oh, you like silicone? Let me add 30 more percent to it. Yeah. And they expected that to be considered like very elegant, lo- yeah, yeah. elegant luxurious. But I think that there's a very fine line mm-hmm. in how in silicone textures and but i will say it's getting better yeah i think and now there are so many silicone alternatives where they use like very dry esters and um i think that you know it's less of a worry to me personally with if you do find a silicone in your uh formula yeah that's such a good point because i think um for me i definitely have this like if you add there's a there's an ingredient out there called polysilicone 11 it's like <laughs> yeah. a it's a more gummy form not gummy but it's a thicker paste. form of yeah it's yeah. a paste a silicone paste if you add just a little bit to your cream it feels great but then there are formulas that use so much of it I swear to god I've tried like formulas in store I'm like ha 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 polysilicone 11 stop <laughs> yeah and I think um if you're kind of curious like what that texture feels like think of like um old makeup primer yes right the that, sl- i feel like yes. that is the the best example the of that really texture. really the original i think makeup forever primer yeah, yeah, yeah. texture yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like polysilicone love it yeah so um yeah that's a really great point silicones have always been a highly contested ingredient in the acne space so mm-hmm. um and then i think the other thing is um, now acne patches, those zit stickers, things like that are very popular. Say that again. Zit sticker. That's how it says, right? Or is yeah. it zit sticker? No, it's sticker. sticker. <laughs> <laughs> you say it's so natural, I say sticker. <laughs> now I can't say that with a straight face, god damn it. Um, these hydrocolloid band-aids. Sticker. <laughs> yeah, um... You might be wondering, are those miracle workers? Um, they do help speed up the healing time, mm-hmm. but don't expect them to like fade overnight. And right. Also, you might be wondering if those with the micro needle patches are better. Um, I will be honest, we are not convinced uh, yet. I think that um, hydrocolloidal bandage, great. Don't stress too much if it's like if you're thinking about like the micro pat micro needle patch aspect. Yeah, I think I've seen a few studies that has really great results from micro needle patches, but those needle length and the mm-hmm. type that they synthesize for these studies are not quite what you'll find in products out there. Yeah, they just simply can't be because of the FDA. Nothing's touching your dermis. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, and also, I will say those stickers help with people who like to pick, which is me. Sticker. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right. One note about acne scarring. Um, for those who see residual footprints, the darker spots, after the acne lesion has, like, basically flattened out, um, know that that's hyperpigmentation. That's not actual scarring yet. So don't freak out too early um and we would say you know think about it as like treating pigmentation mm-hmm. um and then the other thing is skin topography mm-hmm. right if if the to- if you've noticed that skin topography has changed the surface of your skin is uneven um this is where that would be considered scarring and you will need an office yeah i i, w- I will say scarring is definitely a topic that um even in academia space if you look at topical treatments you're scarring it only most of it only basically prevents it from getting worse mm-hmm. and then it does like lighten, lighten the pigmentation but in terms of actual topography definitely go to an office you just won't get that result from topicals yeah uh good point and last but not least there are some other ingredients that you're wondering help or don't help um so first things first toothpaste most prevalent and long-living myth right because <laughs> yeah. i feel like I feel like my niece is talking about toothpaste and then that's, I'm like, well, it's been 20 years. We're still on toothpaste. Yeah, I think, and you know, people are very, I think there are certain articles you'll find where it's like, not the gel kind, but the baking soda kind, the Uh, arm and hammer kind. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's about as helpful as a clay mask and not saying clay masks aren't helpful, but it's not a miracle worker. Yeah. It just really just dries out the skin. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I have to add that. So (laughs) this is super annoying, but I don't. I don't get. I didn't really grow up with acne, but once in a while, when you're stressed, you like pop a really big angry mm-hmm. one. And because I didn't, I don't grow up dealing with it. I had no idea what to do back in college. Mm-hmm. So now I'll freak out and I'll look for these cures. I'm like, okay, toothpaste. <laughs> and then I have definitely also like round up like aspirin. Be like, oh, aspirin? you did that one. <laughs> that yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, aspirin shit for me. Salicylic acid, man. Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah, that was like. Fight box, but like college music. Why have aspirin? Yeah, that's free. <laughs> no, I forgot about that. One. That was a good one. Um, ice cubes. So, for inflammatory, like inf- for inflamed acne, um, that's not a bad idea. For again, remember the soothing aspect. But is it going to erase the acne completely? Mm, no, obviously not. But it's like more like, oh, don't be so angry. They're there. They're there. But yeah. I will say, um, temperature is surprisingly relevant in yes. skincare in a scientific way. Yes. Um, I think, well, I think it's just something that sounds generally hokey, right? Yes. Like, oh yeah, uh, uh, put your face in the fridge, I'll feel better. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Um, aloe. Okay. So. There are a couple studies that hint at fresh aloe. There's mucin. There's a a type of polymer in it that does seem to help with wound healing. Mm. Maybe. So, (laughs) and that's about it. You're the worst thing ever. I had the data plant in my house. Maybe. (laughs) So what I'm trying to say is, if you had nothing else in the world, I'd rather have a fresh aloe leaf, aloe leaf gel than just aloe gel that usually is just 99.95% water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I growing up, my mom used to have a big aloe plant. And we I used to really like cutting it off and just squeezing some aloe plant. It's yeah. like, it's really fun, yeah. right? 
and then the plant died. But that was. <laughs> but anyway, if you have a healthy, robust aloe plant, does not does not hurt at all. Yeah. And then uh, clay mass. So, actually, clay mass is one of our pro tips. We like mm. to recommend. Gloria, can you tell us why? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so clay mass serves one main purpose, which is to dry out your skin. Mm. Um, in a, I will say a lot of claims about it in removing impurities is a little overstated but it does effectively dry out your skin Mm -hmm. and what that does is it helps everything that comes after it penetrate a little bit better uh especially your acids Mm -hmm. your cell acid your glycolic acid um because your top they call it degreasing almost because your skin has sebum and if you're oily acne prone you have more sebum and that that level that uh, amount of sebum prevents especially water water soluble ingredients like glycolic acid from penetrating so by degreasing it it just helps everything soak yeah um so that's what clay mask does it itself can help you clean skin on a deeper level but that's about it i just wanted to say the pro tip about with that plus the acids because that's really the takeaway pro tip. <laughs> yeah so pro tip is yeah exactly so it's um you know, it's a great first step for, you know, the acne washes, you know. Um, but I would recommend, obviously, don't overdo it. You don't need to do this every day. Uh, mm. Maybe oh, once a week. yeah, such a good point. Yeah, maybe just once a week, twice a week. and So we have a product called The Specialist. Mm-hmm. It has um, 18% mandalic, 5% niacinamide, and 2% cell acid. And we position it as a multi-purpose ing- uh, product. And one of the ways to use it is use a spot tree, but obviously only for more serious situations and not every day oh but we have people who use it every every day and then they're like oh my skin's very dry now (laughs) i know i'm sorry but don't use it every day yeah i mean the reason why we made it multi-purpose is so that they don't have to spot treat they're not locked into one mode of use every day yeah you can dilute add a drop to your serum and it'll be more upkeep you know but i think people forget that you know after Skin, once skin's in a good place, it's okay to dial back down. Yeah, and I I want to say acne. I totally, even as someone who doesn't get a lot, I understand that desire to like, when they pop off, just nip in the butt. Like, get that out of here and you mm-hmm. want results tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you still need a certain level of patience. Um, a lot of these topicals will speed up recovery, prevent further acne from developing. But if you're nuking it and hoping it'll be gone tomorrow, it's just going to be damaging in the long term. Speaking of, Gora, do you pop your pimples? Oh, I don't, but I pop my boyfriend's pimple. (laughs) Fiance, boyfriend. That's not what I want to (laughs) know. That's not what anyone wants to know. I don't pop my pimples. No one ever, anyone listening, like, I did not sign up for this. He has back pimples. No, no, no. Um, Yeah, okay. That's actually very good self control. Um, But yeah, I would say. I have to admit, there are You're certain days I am a popper mm. because there ain't no way in hell I'm going to some dinner with a giant white head on my forehead. The I'm sorry, like, I can't do yeah. it. <laughs> Literally feels like a beam yeah. <laughs> shining through. Yeah, exactly. So for those of you who feel like, oh, is that bad or good? It is bad. It is not good. And we should not do it. Um, also, your hands are very dirty. But at the um, very least, wash your hands before you do it. We said this was a human conversation. Too. Mm-hmm. So 
That's that. And finally, that is the meat oh, of acne. The meat. This, this meat is overcooked. <laughs> so overcooked. Oh my God. So hopefully that was somewhat helpful. It gives you an idea of how to think of acne topicals when you're mm. out there shopping. Um, in terms of layering, oh God, I said I was done. But in terms of layering, oh. for the most part, you are okay. Um, even with BPO and tretinoin, the still the I believe the standard method is to keep them separate one day, one night. Um, but now tretinoin formulations are getting a lot better where they're not seeing that same degradation. Um, but again, this is something you need to also double check with your derm. So that's it. And now we're definitely done. <laughs> we're done the meat, no more meat. We have the meat. Yeah. Oh, so close. <laughs> Uh, and so now it's time to <gasps> break, 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 break. Do you want my drink? I'm gonna take this. <laughs> All right. So, Animal Corner. Fun fact of the day. Oh, whoa! <laughs> wow. <laughs> As Irish, they are this uh, this Irish coffee is getting stronger. Doing well. Um. So, Animal Corner, it is a selfish topic where we like to share fun facts about animals um, to each other. And it's really not about you, it's about us. So, <laughs> <laughs> But thank you for sticking around this long. <laughs> yeah, so today's Animal Corner is about the Bowerbirds. Hit me. Today, today's uh, all Victoria, so. Yeah, so there are about 20 different types of bowerbirds out there bowerbirds yeah i can't say that bowerbirds <laughs> and they can be as big as 14 inches tall um they are native to new guinea and australia mm-hmm. you might have saw them on planet earth but in some ways it is a great video but it does not do it justice um they are actually known for one of the most complex courting rituals Ooh, in birds. I love beer mating rituals. They're hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why they're called bower birds is because they build bowers, which are little like shelters made out of sticks. Um, and what they do is they do the males, they build this little stick hut to invite the female, make it really appealing to the female to mm. come and hang out in their little theater while they give them a performance. And so <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> birds spend up to two weeks building this bower. Mm-hmm. They find really bright objects like fruit and berries and flowers and feathers to like decorate. So they actually, the males have to do a little bit of interior decorating to lure the female. Hey girl, look at my West Elm <laughs> inspired bower. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, sometimes what's really shady is males will jack things from other bowers <laughs> to help their bowers look better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually not over. So once they invite, once they can lure the nice female to his bower, he'll actually have to do kind of like a dance where they puff up their feathers, they move around in kind of a weird way. Um, you'll even see on planet Earth, they can like dilate their eyeballs. Um, oh yeah, that's a classic yeah, planet Earth video. To make yeah. it very like alluring. And, um, you know, the, the funny thing is, you know, when you're a young bowerbird male, 
uh, you actually have to learn from failure. So they will actually, you know, their kind of courtship dance evolves as they oh. fail and succeed. Wait, wait, wait. So let me get this straight. There are people sitting there watching me. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's enticed. Oh, oh, no, no. She did not like that taking notes. Yeah. Well, no, no. There's no. I mean, usually it's um, they have to keep it separate so as not uh. to. The female doesn't get distracted by the others. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes what happens is there's. Um, there'll be one male that's very successful in his courtship display Mm -hmm. and then there will be a lot of males that don't succeed at all Mm. yeah so um yeah i mean overall uh the other i think the other really fascinating thing is that they have learned like optical illusion so they will (laughs) place the small they will place objects from smallest to largest to make themselves appear larger in stature <laughs> and kind of give them this like focused peripheral oh, take no gq yeah. <laughs> so there's that like talk about really complex display wow yeah um and the other thing is um kind of like a fun fact is that they are actually super vocal mimics mm-hmm. um so they can mimic a pig um, the sound of water, like oh, really, so yeah, really, really random. But anyway, so that's the power bird. May that be a lesson for all of you single folks out there about to enter the word once we're COVID free. Optical <laughs> illusion is where it's at. <laughs> that's a takeaway. Bright, shiny objects. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, anyways, that's it. Yay! Hey. Animal fun fact corner. Okay, last. But not least. Gloria's hanging in there by a thread. It's a long episode. It is a very long episode. Acne is dense. <laughs> yep. I don't even think we did it justice, but yeah, at least there's you have a snapshot. It'll be acne part two later on, but no. no. <laughs> or not. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <clears throat> QA. Alright. So we have a lot a few questions that's outstanding in the blog. Mm-hmm. Um, question one. Uh, are combined actors like a pro? She asks. What about Matrixel 3000 with common actives like vitamin C and retinol? Yeah, a uh, really great point. Um, luckily, we have our friend Sonderma confirm that it likes a general pH of anywhere between... Three and three nine. And, yeah, three and nine. So, you know, no real worries. Um, actually, we would recommend this as a really good um, active to Laren with most Um the only thing is sometimes when peptides are too high mm-hmm. and you got a very high active like a lot of retinol, you might find your skin to be a little more drying. Um, but that's like the most that right. will happen. Yeah, so great combination overall. Um, like any actors, be aware of um, irritation. Yeah. Question number two. Interested in your opinion on the ordinary's ascorbic acid 8% plus alpha arbutin 2%. It's anhydrous and non-gritty since it's suspended in propane dial, but I wonder about its stability and efficacy. Great question. Um, propane dial is an okay carrier. Um, for me, my main concern is um, any sort of diol glycol. Uh, its secondary benefit is it can enhance penetration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when it's at a really, really, really high level, like these type of formulas, um, it could be irritating. But assuming you're not irritated by this high levels of propane diol, um, ascorbic acid and arbutin is a good combination for hyperpigmentation. Um, I just want to point out that uh, propane dial itself is water soluble. Mm-hmm. It's um it, it attracts water. So if you live somewhere humid, you might ah, still yeah. see the color turn over time. Mm-hmm. So it's even though it's anhydrous, uh, the vitamin C shelf life is still um 
it's still not it's still not foolproof way mm-hmm. of um, having vitamin C. So just keep an eye out on color change. And also, uh, definitely layer with a better moisturizer on top. Yes, propane dial doesn't do. I mean, it's water based, so yeah, yeah. moisturize. All right, final question. Question number three about pure bright milk. Is it okay to use even though one of the ingredients is alcohol? Yeah, we got this in our DM and uh, I put it on the podcast because it's a common question that we get all the time. Uh, alcohol or um, denature alcohol is sometimes listed as SD alcohol 40. Mm-hmm. Um, is a very common ingredient that you will hear if you get into skin science, in the skin science space, you'll hear a lot of people say, Evil! It's the devil. It's evil. Yeah, um, it's not quite. It's there for a reason. People aren't chemists like us aren't sitting in the lab like, oh, today. Today we drain out some skin, folks. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Now it works. It's there usually as a texture enhancer. Um, It can help active ingredients penetrate better. Um, It can also refreshing. It's refreshing and help preserve your formula. Um, So it's not inherently bad. That said, it is drying. So it depends on how much of it is in a formula. Most, 99%, that number I yanked out my ass, don't quote me on it. But most formulas out there will have less than 5% alcohol, which is a totally normal, acceptable level for most skin types. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with layering a moisturizer over um, to prevent that dryness. Um, You're... Your skin will tell you. It's not that you use it over time and suddenly you're like, oh, no, I've been drying out my skin this whole time. That's not how that works. And, yeah, um, just know that those formulas are going to be ultra light and fresh. So, yeah. <laughs> That's it? That's it? That's it. We finally did it. We We're made it through. Oh, my gosh. Gloria's going to cry. Oh my <laughs> That's a good one. Hope you guys enjoyed oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, all in all, hope that was helpful for you guys. Uh, We're going to wrap this up as quickly as we can. If you have any questions about acne, your routine, or I need some derm, you know, recommendations, definitely find us. We will try to help you. Um, Yeah, just acne sucks, so we get it. Check out the book. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.